Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Come on back in, Arizona homeowners. We've been through a few text messages. We've been through a few phone calls. Our lines are open right now. We've cleared all the lines. Feel free to ring in if you've got a question about your house, home, castle, or cabin. Anything you're trying to get done in the way of maintenance, repair, or remodeling. We've been doing that here in Arizona for 45 years plus, And we'll put our experience to work for you, trying to get you the answers you're looking for, the tips, the tricks of the trade, the brand names of materials that we would recommend. You'll do that by dialing the toll-free number, one 767 4348 And I would tell you that we've got many lines open and available. You can ring in now, one 767 4348 Sweet Jennifer, you're, you're, I see your hand. Hey, uh, we just had Jeff Fleetham on, of course, uh, director at um, Arizona Restore contractors, and I had someone call and say, you know, they had had um, a couple of jobs completed and had not received like an invoice uh, or receipt afterwards. But uh, so he was asking, he wanted me to ask the ask Jeff, but we just didn't, we ran out of time. But um, I did ask him off air, and he said they don't really um, control like protocol and stuff, but any homeowner can ask for that sort of thing. And I think. We should, you know, as we work with anybody. We get a lot of calls at the office of people saying, you know, I have this question about a, a job I'm getting ready to get done. I, and I, I'll ask them, have you asked, you know, the salesperson or asked for a, even the owner? And they haven't even gone back to ask them. So I always push it off. You know, if, if you're going to spend money with somebody, you don't have to hesitate to ask a question. Amen. That's for sure. If they want your money and want to do your job, then they should be able to ask answer your questions. And I don't know of any legal requirement that a service provider has to give you a printed invoice. But I would I would wonder why won't they? Or, or why didn't they? Why yeah. did, you know, or maybe it was just yeah. in the flurry of things, you know, but anyway, always ask for what you want. Don't hesitate to ask. And also, you know, in him talking about being scammed by door-to-door salesmen, and we have a nice article on the website if you question how that works. You know, before the emergency comes, find somebody. Find a good roofer. We have some great ones at Rosie on the House. We have the best. But if you don't have one now, don't wait till it's an emergency because then you're at the bottom of the list. You know, if you already have if you already have a relationship with someone, you're a customer, and your service is going to be better and quicker. Absolutely. Relationships with your service providers. That's exactly what we try and build a bridge for you through our referral network at Rosie on the House. Any of you Arizona homeowners already have a relationship bridge with a service provider if you'll find them at rosieonthehouse.com. New website? We do. And before we get off on that one other follow-up we had last week on solar, somebody had texted in and was just saying, well, if everyone had solar, we wouldn't need uh, power plants. And, um, <laughs> oh, really? You don't, need the, a, you don't turn a light on at night? <laughs> I was saying, solar w- would solve daylight use for most residential cases, but uh, like Rosie just said, nighttime use, but uh, 
the amount of energy manufacturing and industrial use takes, you couldn't supplement that all with solar. I mean, when you're operating these huge, like, the first thing I thought of was one of the masonry plants. It takes a huge <laughs> amount of heat to cure a masonry block unit when you're making it. It takes a huge amount of power to turn a massive... Uh, dome that's mixing all the concrete materials together. Solar can never power all of that. And do you know how much electricity it takes to manufacture a solar panel? Uh, no, I have to say I've never studied that. A 100-watt solar panel is built consuming 200,000 kilowatt hours of electricity. Interesting. But it will produce electricity for as long as it lasts, 20 yes. or 30 years. So, But just the, the manufacturing of it, you couldn't manufacture solar panels on solar energy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you still need the power grid. We were going to talk just a minute about the new website. And it is extremely easy to use. RosieOnTheHouse.com, the home page, actually has... Uh, an area where you find a certified partner today and you click on find a partner now and you just type in what service it is you're looking for, what's your zip code, and we'll provide you with screened certified Rosie on the House partners that are the tightest screen service providers in the state. Uh, Rosie on the House, uh, as a resource, has been voted the safest, number one best way to find a contractor in the state of Arizona for 13 years in a row. And we've been doing this for over 30 years. So feel comfortable finding, shopping, uh, your service providers at Rosie on that. So we try and provide a couple names in every category so that you've got some choice. Interview a couple. Uh, every contractor is going to have a different idea or a different solution for your particular project or problem or maintenance or repair. So we don't have exclusive categories anywhere. Take a look visit with a couple of them and uh, proceed it 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 takes a big um, it takes all the risk out of what we're talking about today um, the door-to-door salespeople and the fact that they could or couldn't even be employed by the company that they're out there collecting leads for. They're just selling the leads. The same thing the phone solicitors are doing as well. And now you just become a raw lead to somebody. Uh, and their whole objective is to sell you something whether you need it or not. Okay. The other thing we're going to talk about today is uh, let's see, we've got a call coming in. Um, Matt, bring Matt into the conversation. Go ahead, Matt. Good morning, there Rosie. Is. I, hey, I've got a question. Up. Can, can you hear me okay, Rosie? Yes, sir. Yep, go ahead. Awesome. Um, so I am a school principal, and um, in the parking lot of my school, um, which is in a shared complex, um, in one of the storm drains is a, a steady trickle of water, um, or I should say a steady stream of water that I can hear that's been going on for about three or four years. Um, 
I, I thought it was a leak. I contacted the property manager. They said that it's not something. They had a landscaper come out. They said it wasn't anything from the landscaping. Um, the city came out, and they said it's nothing on their end. And everybody said, well, it, it must not be anything. Um, <laughs> but I, my, my concern is, and it's, it's, you know, I was told, well, it's probably just runoff from a storm. Um, but in the midst of, you know, six months of no rain, it, it was, it's a constant trickle. Um, so it can't be landscape runoff. It can't be rain runoff. Um, and my concern is, you know, we, we live in a desert and I would hate to think that I'm uh, single-handedly uh, wasting all of our water. Well, I would tell you uh, it's a storm drain or is it, or is it a Correct. dry well in the parking lot? Uh, it's a storm drain. Is there a way you could collect any of the water? Can you get any kind of receptacle down there to collect a half a cup or a cup of water? Uh, I could probably figure that out. Well, here's what we've done in the past. When we are looking for mystery water and sources of it, the first thing we want to do is find out, is it city-treated water? If it is, it's going to have chlorine. So we basically just collect the sample of water and, and do a pull test on it to determine, is there any chlorine in this water at all? Uh, that would be any water provided by a municipal water company, a commercial water company, whether it's going in the irrigation system or it's a leaking supply line, whatever. We were searching for a water problem up in North Scottsdale, and we, we searched for about eight months. And when we finally came up with this idea, let's test it. Let's see what it is. It had zero chlorine. We did a little excavation with a little mini tobacco uh, and found out it was actually a natural spring that was coming up out of the side of a, of a desert hillside. So uh, that little chlorine test kind of tells you, and at the point you determine it's got chlorine and it is city-supplied water, then I throw it right back on the city and I say, look, We've, we've got to get to the bottom of this. This is a leak I've been listening to for three years, come rain or shine. Uh, haven't rained in Arizona in four months. Uh, let's, let's put our heads together and get this solved. So give it the old chlorine test, Matt, and see what we can't find out from there. You tell all your friends. Home castle or cabin here at Rosie on the house. I have some questions for my favorite handyman. Incoming questions. What are they? You can you can text them to us, uh, or you can phone one triple eight seven six seven forty three. 48 toll-free number wherever you're listening to us in the great state of arizona put you right in touch with sweet jennifer she finds out what you're asking and then she does this and that text number is 411923 a lot of people really like communicating with us that way it's a, okay. kind of a quick way to get a hold of us um i have a couple questions from this morning one is um kind of related to the season someone's wondering how to mount a flag on stucco they, you know it's been the Fourth of July, they wanted to hang their flag, yeah. but they were afraid of poking a hole in that stucco and causing leaks. So what's the deal? Well, most stucco in Arizona is going to be fairly thin. 
less than a half inch thick. And it's going to be over the top of one inch of foam, which can't hold a screw at all. So you've got to try and find a stud back. Uh, and depending on when the house was built, hopefully you've got shear panels and maybe you've, you're at the corner of the house and there's some plywood back there. But I would take a one-eighth drill bit and I would drill little tiny holes and, and you'll go through the stucco in no time. And of course, you'll go through the foam board in no time. Uh, you'll go right straight through it. And at the point you feel any resistance at all, you You've got to determine whether or not you can anchor something, and you're going to need a fairly long screw. You're going to need a two, two and a quarter, two and a half inch screw to get through the stucco, through the foam, into the wood, into the plywood. And a flag, a three foot, a two foot by three foot flag hanging on a four foot pole uh, generates a tremendous amount of torque. The amount of pressure that that bracket has to resist is significant. So just using a molly or a plastic insert in that foam is not going to do it. You've got to find some solid backing. Um, the, the, I have had the Franklin stud sensor get me close, but when it's going through the stucco and the foam, you still have to do a little bit of educated guessing a little bit. Um, but that that you've got to get that anchored into the solid framing part of the house. And then if it's on the if it's on masonry, well then then you got it easier. And anytime you want to try and anchor something to masonry, concrete block or brick, I tell people buy a masonry bit, a fresh one, a new one. It'd be good and sharp. Don't start with a dull masonry bit. A sharp masonry bit, drill it, put a, a, a lead shield in it, set your set screw into that lead shield, it expands into the block and it will hold hundreds of pounds. So if it's a block building, uh, the biggest tip I've got for you is a sharp masonry bit. Drills the hole accurately straight in right where you want it. A dull masonry bit will kind of spin across the surface of the block and it'll bounce around and if it's a three-eighths bit. It'll actually create a hole bigger than that because it's done so much bouncing around. So there's a couple tips on that. Here's another one. I've heard this one before, but it begs a, an answer. Yeah. So this woman's um, water uh, heater, she's wondering if she can turn it off during the summer because the water that comes in the cold side during the summer is so warm she doesn't feel like she needs it. What about turning that water heater off? What's good? What's well, you're not hurting anything. I'd turn it to vacation mode or low. Um, but you're only going to get hot water out of the cold side. For for It's going to be a short shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to get all the hot water that's in the pipe in the attic or in the wall. But uh, as soon as you get back to something behind your water meter, uh, it, it's going to be cool again. You, you, it's not an endless supply of hot water. And the reason they keep a water heater over 125 degrees is so bacteria doesn't grow in it. Yeah. So if you shut it off, make sure you drain it completely. And then there's the issue of laundry, too. I, I'm not a cold laundry fan. I like the warm and hot cycles. Hmm. So, so, yeah, I would leave it on. Okay. 
One of the other issues we're dealing with in our weekly newsletter at Rosedale in the House is the topic that are, is brought up very often for, by Arizona homeowners in the summer about how can I cut my electric bill. The summer electric bills are one of the first things newcomers try and arrest, try and get a handle of, try and get an understanding of. So one of the things a lot of newcomers will do is they'll be worrisome because they've stuck their head up in the attic when they moved into the house. They needed to put a couple boxes or something up in the attic and poof! man, they opened that crawl space up, stuck a ladder up there, put their head up there and thought, wow, man, that, that attic's 130, 140 degrees. Yes, it is. It could even go north of that. It could even be hotter than that. It can go above 150 degrees, given what roof product is on your roof and how well ventilated your attic is or isn't. So a lot of people jump to the conclusion, I've got to ventilate that attic to get all that hot air out. But what they don't realize is that in the summer, your air conditioning bill, only 10% of your air conditioning bill has anything to do with your attic. And people will spend thousands of money with uh, radiant barriers and extra insulation and power ventilation fans and a lot of gimmicks to cool off their attic. And what they're doing is they're sucking the air-conditioned air out of their house into their attic, cooling off their attic, and greatly increasing the air conditioning load to your home. So we go into great detail about proper attic ventilation, the do's and the don'ts. And I'm going to be covering that in great detail in the next segment here at Rosie on the House. You can find it in print if you're a subscriber to our weekly newsletter at rosieonthehouse.com. We got a really funny email from Chad. Said, uh, you mentioned on your show about solicitors. He said, why don't we turn this into a charity? Create a sign and hang it on the front door that says, we use Rosie on the House, no soliciting. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> could do that. I know. I know a lot of people that have the Rosie on the House t-shirts and whenever a service provider comes they say I always wear that when they come <laughs> I love it I love, I love being a part of the solution Saturday morning, beautiful state of Arizona, you're tuned in to Rosie on the House, where we invite you to text or call, and Harriet has called from Tucson. Let's see if we can help Miss Harriet out. Good morning. Good morning, Rosie. I wanted to know, um, part of my popcorn ceiling had come down a long time ago, and the rest of it I'd like to get down. 
how do you get rid of a popcorn ceiling? Is it, I, I can't do it myself because I'm handicapped, but I was wondering if there's a contractor in Tucson that could remove the popcorn ceiling for me. Sure, Harriet. Uh, Miss Harriet, how, when was the home built? 1978. Okay. And we moved in August of 78. Okay. All right. Well, I would I would tell you in Tucson that I, I would start by calling the Arizona Paint Company. And we'll give you their phone number. 201-8570. And they've, they've got relationships and contacts with dry... You, you need a drywaller for that. And it's pretty easy to remove. And we tell people, homeowners in particular, you know, be careful because uh, back in 78, that material uh, probably did have asbestos in it. Um, so you're going to want to uh, be careful on how you remove it. But it's very easy to remove. Uh, you say you're missing a piece of it now, right now. I would guess the piece you're missing probably came down where you had a roof leak or there was some moisture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all all they all they do, Harriet, when you want to take it off, is we mask off the entire room. We empty it of furniture. We mask off the entire room, the floor, the walls, and everything. And we take a water sprayer and we spray that acoustic ceiling with just plain water. And at that point, once it's damp, I can just take a drywall knife, a eight, a ten, or twelve inch knife, and I can just flake it right off. The only time it becomes harder than that is if since 1978, if you've ever painted that acoustic texture, then it doesn't absorb the water quite as easy. But if it's in its native raw state, it'll absorb that water like a sponge and it will literally just fall off. It is an extremely messy job. Call the Arizona Paint Company in Tucson. See if they can set you up with a drywaller. And once that's scraped off, now you're going to need to decide what texture do you want the drywaller to put back on. Do you want it smooth? Do you want a skip trowel? Do you want a little splatter? Something to match the wall texture, probably. And then at that point, it'll need to all get painted up. So that's how I would tackle that problem. Anything else you're trying to get done? What's the best coating? For, my roof has a slight little pitch to it. Okay. It's it and and what's the I, I'm having the guy come to look at the roof. Is it Ryan's roofing? But I I okay. want to know if he says I have to have it redone. Is there something to put on the roof other than just uh, what they had on it before? They just put some silver coat. I don't know. They yeah. took several years. Of, well, you mentioned you're going to have Lions Roofing come out and look at it. They're they're going to be able to see what's there, what what's on the roof, what's what's been treated and what's been supplementally added to the original roof. They'll do a full analysis, and I would tell you there's a thousand things we can put on a roof, but let Lions take a look at it um, and issue you an opinion of what might be the best two or three things to consider. The thing about Tucson on on low-pitched roofs, Tucson has never been a very big um, market for spray foam roofs. And uh, we, we use spray foam a lot up here in Maricopa County. And when I bought 
uh, a home on Alvernon down in Tucson. I actually brought my foam spray contractor from Phoenix, and I said, spray this roof. And it to this day, that roof is still foam covered. It gets you some insulation, um, and it's an excellent roofing product that takes a little bit of maintenance, but uh, I think it's worth it for the insulation that it gives you. But Fit Tucson has just never been a big foam market, and I don't understand why. I, I don't either. But since we're on the subject of Tucson, uh, Susan asked me to remind everyone that the Arizona Daily Star's Reader's Choice voting, yeah, that starts tomorrow and runs through July 31st. Here's the best way to vote for Rosie on the House, best homeowner resource. We're going for 14 years in a row. Best business consulting marketing services and best business referral networking group. Text 615, keep that in mind, to 520 2148683 and I'm going to have Jennifer post on Facebook yeah. uh, another site online cuz this is <laughs> this this website is kind of uh, long-winded but anyway that starts tomorrow you don't have to do it today but make a note start tomorrow if, if we helped you out in any way we'd love your vote Thank you, Gary. We ought to try and post that on the website somewhere it's on our website so people could find it as well because that's a lot to remember. But it's, uh, but it is flattering when the votes are cast to find out that we once again are Arizona homeowners' favorite resource. Okay, we were talking about attic ventilation just a little bit in the last segment. I said I'd come back to it. And uh, I wanted to come back to it in great detail. But let me just tell you, you can find an article on it at our website, rosieonthehouse.com. And most people incorrectly assume their attic is a big source of their summer electric bill. And it's not. Unshaded windows are a big factor on your summer electric bill. Weather stripping on your doors and windows that aren't sealing up are a big factor on your air conditioning bill. Insulation in the attic that's been disturbed or improperly installed are a big factor. But do not spend hundreds of dollars mounting exhaust fans, power ventilation fans, adding radiant barriers, or putting excess insulation up there because you will never get a payback, and chances are it'll actually drive your electric bill up, and that's counterintuitive. So I, I, I jump on this every summer for the sake of trying to save you, the Arizona homeowners, sometimes from yourselves or from somebody that's advertising heavy right now or is promising returns that I can tell you, you will never, ever see. Okay? So no active ventilation on your attic at all. Passive ventilation completely. No power fans. Uh, No radiant barriers. Radiant barriers work by reflecting heat. When's the last time you went in your attic and dusted it? How how long do you think that radiant barrier is going to stay reflective in an Arizona attic? There is a place for radiant barrier. It just isn't in the attic of an Arizona home. That's not the place for it. 
Had someone text in with a six-year-old water heater. Has not replaced the anode rod, but plumber suggested it <coughs> to make the anode rod last longer. And the homeowner's asking, should I do that? And we would say yes if the anode rod needs it. It is a softer magnesium metal than the steel tank that the water heater's made out of. You know, as you've seen, metal rule rusts over time with water. So they put this anode rod in so that the hard minerals attach and eat that instead of the steel tank. You can pull the anode rod out. You need to make sure the water is turned off to the water heater because it, when you unscrew that, it is directly come into uh, the water heater. So make sure the power's off Make sure to the water heater. Make sure the water's off to the water heater. When you take it out, you'll be able to see what kind of condition it's in. And if it needs replacing, then yeah. But there's nothing to say that you would need it after six years, you know, it may not need to be probably, replaced till probably pretty close. And just depending on what close. area you're in, how hard the water's in, if you have a water softener, all those things. And then if you have a water softener, you're actually going to be using a specific anode rod made just for soft water. And chances are you'll go through the anode rod quicker on a water softened system. So I, w I would tell you, yeah, go ahead and um, uh, replace the anode rod. Now, on water heaters, I would tell you that if you haven't drained it or cleaned it, if the plumber's there, you might ask them, could you drain it and clean it? I generally tell homeowners, if you've ignored your water heater for five or six or seven years, don't all of a sudden get concerned about it and start trying to flush it and clean it and all of that, because chances are you could create more problems than you're going to solve. So, yeah. I would tell that homeowner, go ahead and let the plumber do it. We have another question. Somebody calling in asking about, or I'm sorry, calling, texting. The HVAC company, they wanted to know if, if cleaning the coils on the outside is a do-it-yourself job and if you can get it clean enough. And, you know, that that's the fan cage. The, the true coils to your conditioning are inside the cabinet where the condensing coils are. That's not a do-it-yourself. And that's really what needs to be cleaned more than the fan outside. On the fan outside, just make sure there's not a lot of leaf clutter uh, uh, obscuring the free flow of air. I tell people the best thing to do with those is just get your leaf blower and when the fan's not running, just stand above it, point the leaf blower straight down the top and so it blows all the dust out the sides, the dust and the leaves and the leaf clutter. So I know I know some people try and get in there with a hose and a brush and all that. Don't do all that. Just dry leaf blow, blow it. together and wrap the show up here. Started this morning talking about Agritopia and the community uh, farms 
that are available all throughout the Maricopa County area. We talked with Ray Lopez at Scottsdale Weed about midsummer lawn care and the things you need to be taking care of to make sure that lawn's looking as rich and strong and uh, beautifully green as possible. Nine o'clock hour, we talked a little bit about door-to-door salesmen and uh, how we think you should be very, very careful. There are legitimate companies that solicit leads that way, but generally speaking, I would tell you, if you haven't invited someone to your home, don't feel the need to answer the door and have them convince you you're in need of something you had no idea you were even shopping for. So <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's be very, very careful. We had the director of the Registrar of Contractors in. We love having him in give us an update on what he sees um, across the state in the way of licensed contractors. He says he's recording as as many new licenses as they have in a long, long time. Uh, that's a sign of the current work pace and the great immigration that we have to Arizona. For those of you that are a little bit um, aggravated by the high heat of summer, just know this. If we didn't hit 110 and occasional 115, we'd be at 20 million people. So Amen. it is one of the things that, uh, you know, when when people are considering where they're going to relocate to, uh, they've always got to consider, can I handle the Arizona summers? And it redirects many people to other neighboring states. It's the one thing that's limited us to, to only 8 million people. So please be careful. Uh, the monsoons are in uh, uh, coming and have hit in a couple areas uh, that can generate a sense of urgency for you if you suffer a little bit of damage just proceed with extreme caution and use the register of contractor site to make sure anybody you're talking to is absolutely legal licensed bonded and insured and you know everyone at rosieonthehouse.com is that, and they've been in business locally at least five years, signed a complaint resolution policy, code of ethics, background check, uh, and all of our reviews are done through third party with the guild quality. You know, you can go to any other place and see quote-unquote reviews. They're not verified. Um, guild quality is. And we can't control it. We can't touch it. And all of our partners are still five-star, so it's a great way to regulate and track and give feedback on our partners that uh, doesn't come through us internally because it eliminates any chance of the feedback being manipulated or uh, content moved to different areas where it's hidden. And you have us as your backup if you ever have a question. Call us at Rosie on the House. We're here all week. But we love your homeowner questions here on Saturdays so we can help educate all of our favorite homeowner. Shall we take this last one that got in just before the sure. end of the show? Let's sure. see if we can take Yusuf. Good morning. Good morning, guys. I recently re replaced my concrete slab driveway with pavers. They're uh, this beautiful slate gray. Well, now they're uh, marred with tire, black tire tracks going up and down the driveway, and I'm wondering if I should get it pressure washed and sealed and then I looked at sealers, and there's wet look and dry look and some that aren't available in certain states. 
So just wondering about some guidance on that. You know, you can actually find some great information on this on our website, rosyonthehouse.com. There's a you do not want to pressure wash pavers, but you want to you want to water scrub it. There's a particular piece of equipment you have to use as opposed to power washer. You can generally rent that. I know A to Z equipments rents them. Uh, to it, It's a spiral motion of the water. Get those tire tracks off of there. And yeah, I would actually call the manufacturer or whatever paver you've got and see what sealer they recommend. But I know our brand of choice is Bellguard pavers and they've got several different sealers depending primarily on what look you want to have, the natural, the matte, or the wet rain look. The only problem with the wet look is it doesn't stay that very yeah, long. It, it holds, it, it's very quick, and the desert looks like the matte finish. So it, it you know, if you want the wet look, you, you've got to constantly be applying it. But there's also a Cohills is open. Well, you're not going to get there today. They're, they're closing in five minutes. But uh, it's a great shop for any type of concrete, hard surface, uh, texture coating. Yep. We've been there, done that, huh? It's a lot of work, but it's it's worth it. Don't pressure love those, wash. Love those pavers. Hey, just a real quick shout out to Divine Gourmet in Chandler. We have a staycation going out this week, and um, they Divine send them a nice big basket to go along. If you're looking for local Arizona food, um, you know, packaged goods like the Hayden Flour Mill stuff. But the really cool thing about Divine is they have their own little kitchen there, and they make amazing caramels, all kinds of flavors. So if you're looking for something unique to send to someone as a thank you gift or birthday gift or father you know whatever all this day's over but you know <laughs> make up your own holiday send a gift every day should be father's day really yeah, i think so i think that's a hint you know <laughs> okay i'll get you some caramels boy. Uh, oh, there you go that's the divine caramels boy they are good they are really delicious so we hope that in some small way in this particular broadcast and on our website that lives on the internet uh, 24-7, uh, rosyonthehouse.com, our broadcast every Saturday morning, we do what we set out to do to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend by answering your questions about home remodeling, home improvement, or home maintenance. Anything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin, we take care of for you from Rosie on the House with 50 years of Arizona building and remodeling experience all put to work for you for free rosieonthehouse.com make sure the newcomers know about it let your neighbor know